This is Barry Zelma speaking for Zelma on insurance on YouTube. I am an attorney who has allowed my license to become inactive and am now retired from the practice of law. I still work regularly as an insurance claims consultant, an insurance bad faith and coverage consultant, and expert witness, right books and articles and produce these YouTube videos. In this video we will consider the de declaration of a policy being void and what it takes to make a policy void. In almost every policy of insurance there is a clause declaring the policy void if the insured misrepresents or conceals material facts or commits fraud. For example, quote, we do not pay for bodily injury or property damage which is expected by, directed by, or intended by an insured. This exclusion does not apply to bodily injury that arises out of the use of reasonable force to protect people or property that's the aais form bp-200 or consider quote this coverage form is void in any case of fraud by you at any time as it relates to this coverage form it is also void if you or any other insured at any time intentionally conceal or misrepresent a material fact concerning a this coverage form b the covered auto c your interest in the covered auto or d a claim under this coverage form this is the insurance service office form ca 00010187 the policy wording requires that the insurer prove not only that the insured misrepresented or concealed a material fact, but must also prove that the insured did so with the intent to deceive. Absent a confession, it is often difficult to prove intentional deceit, since the insured will usually claim he or she was mistaken and had no intent to deceive. In more than 52 years of investigation of fraudulent insurance claims, this author, this speaker, only once received from an insured an under oath statement that the insured intentionally deceived the insurer and then, not in person, but by correcting false testimony in the transcript of an examination under oath. If fraud or mis mutual mistake is an issue, insurers and insureds doing business in Oklahoma must resort to courts of general jurisdiction for a determination of contractual rights. For example, in Oklahoma, the Workers' Compensation Court does not have the right to rescind or declare a policy of workers' compensation insurance void. However, where there is a misrepresentation with intent to deceive, and the putative insured recognized the materiality of the misrepresentation, the insurance policy is void from its inception. In Florida, 
Florida statutes state in pertinent part, quote, any insurance fraud shall void all coverage arising from the claim related to such fraud under the personal injury protection coverage of the insured person who committed the fraud, close quote. In harmony with this statutory provision, the fraud provision in an insurance policy that sets forth Quote, any insurance fraud shall void all personal injury protection coverage arising from the claim with respect to the insured who committed the fraud is appropriate and enforceable. This was a case called Bosom versus Commerce and Industry. In a case called Matlack versus Mountain West Farm Bureau Mutual, the court in Wyoming held that a person named Moore pulled a well casing onto her property, thereby damaging Matlack's property. Applying policy language similar to that we've discussed earlier, the Wyoming Supreme Court found that there is no coverage for the intentional tort of trespass, and after finding the insured stipulated to a judgment, that is, agreed with the plaintiff that a judgment could be entered against her in favor of the plaintiff, stated, quote, Ms. Moore's stipulation to the entry of a judgment, which included punitive damages, deserves mention. This court has recognized that a trespasser who believes she is authorized to enter another's property but does so in the face of the owner's opposition, or who should have known of the owner's claim to the property is subject to punitive damages. Where an oil company drilled on property it believed was covered by a lease, but the owner contended otherwise, and made his position known, in such a circumstance, the court pointed out that though an entry is made upon real estate under a conviction that the right to do so exists, if it is in fact wrongful and willful injury is done to the plaintiff's property, the de defendant will be liable for exemplary damages. In the Wyoming case, the parties stipulated to punitive damages demonstrating they agreed the actions were of a willful and wanton nature. There may well exist other situations in which an action justifying punitive damages can also be considered an accident, and the court refused to hold that any punitive damages claimed or adjudged no coverage or duty to defend exists under an insurance policy. The Wyoming court held that the particular facts of the case, an intentional trespass with full knowledge of disputed ownership, does not trigger coverage. In Lawrence versus State Farm, the Wyoming court also held a different finding because the facts alleged did not match the label attached to the cause of action. Wyoming precedent and the policy language required State Farm to defend because there was the potential that she would be adjudged legally liable for damages. In Hamilton versus State Farm Fire, a Ninth Circuit case, the investigation of circumstances surrounding a claim convinced State Farm 
that Hamilton was probably responsible for vandalism and theft, and that he had at least violated the policy's concealment or fraud provision, voiding coverage. In November 1997, State Farm advised Hamilton that the claim was denied on the basis that Hamilton had failed to produce documents in support of his claim, that Hamilton had misrepresented the extent of his financial difficulties, his whereabouts on May 1997, and the existence or location of the allegedly stolen appliances. The bankruptcy court agreed, and the Ninth Circuit adopted the decision of the bankruptcy court. Whenever an insurer attempts to refuse coverage because a loss is caused by the intentional act of an insured, it must understand that it has the burden of proving that intent by a preponderance of available evidence. Denial for intentional acts without sufficient evidence can be the basis for a suit against the insurer. For instance, in Crown Tree Service versus Attain Specialty, the Ninth Circuit was asked by Crown Tree Service, Inc. to reverse the grant of summary judgment in favor of the insurer. The insurance coverage dispute arose from a commercial liability policy sold by Attain. The Bear Yuba Land Trust sued the insured after he removed trees from Bear Yuba's property under the belief the trees belonged to a neighbor. The policy provided a duty to defend claims for property damage caused by an occurrence, which is defined as an accident. There is inconsistent authority, according to the Ninth Circuit, among California Court of Appeal cases on whether an insured's reasonable belief transforms an intentional act into an accident. Federal courts in California, without agreement from a state appellate court, are entitled to predict what the California Supreme Court would hold. The Ninth Circuit predicted that the California Supreme Court would conclude that an insured subjective belief, no matter how reasonable, cannot transform an intentional act into accidental conduct. Without reference to California Insurance Code Section 22, the Ninth Circuit reasonably concluded that the chopping down of trees without right, a trespass, even if done without guile and error, was an intentional act. The Ninth Circuit noted that the California Supreme Court has held that an insured's unreasonable relief cannot turn a purposeful and intentional act into an accident, and that no California court has held that a subjective belief of a litigant may influence the accident analysis and change an intentional act into an accident. Unless there is an accident, a fortuitous event, that is neither expected nor intended by the insured, there can be no coverage under a liability insurance policy. In this case, the insured intended to trespass upon the land of Bear Yuba, intended to chop down its trees, and caused it damage. That is subjectively believed it had a right to do so did not change the fact that it intended to do what it in fact did. The intentional nature of an act 
can be inferred under circumstances, but not when the insured perpetrator is a minor. While an overwhelming majority of courts and other jurisdictions have applied the inferred intent rule in cases where an adult insured sexually abused a minor, the courts are evenly split with respect to the existence of the inference to minors. The Vermont Supreme Court, for example, after acknowledging sexual contact with a minor can be inferred as intentional in Northern Security Insurance Company versus Perrin. It said, we conclude, therefore, that the inferred intent rule is inapplicable in cases where it is alleged that a minor has sexually abused another minor. Rather, the trier of fact should examine the facts and circumstances of the case before including the circumstances surrounding the sexual conduct, as well as the minor's age, ability, intelligence, and experience. The Vermont Supreme Court in State versus CNA insurance companies placed the burden on the insurer. It stated, if we place the burden on the insurer, there is a greater likelihood that the coverage issue will be fully aired before the insurer will be required to come forward with some evidence that puts intent at issue. Moreover, the insurer is the party with the incentive to develop such evidence. The insured makes out a prima facie case for coverage by producing evidence of the harm, and the insurer has an opportunity to rebut that case by producing evidence that there was actual intent to harm. If no evidence of intent to harm exists, then the policy is construed in the light most favorable to the insured in line with case law. Other states have held that the burden ought to rest with the insured. These cases do not treat the neither expected nor intended language as an exclusion, but rather as a fundamental requirement for coverage. The concealment or fraud clause in most insurance policies discuss that the policy is void. But void can mean either void or voidable. Void is defined as, quote, of no legal force or effect and so incapable of confirmation or ratification, close quote. Voidable is defined as capable of being adjudged void, invalid, and of no force. A voidable contract may be set aside, usually at the option of one party. The restatement second of contracts defines a voidable contract as a valid transaction with legal consequences until the power of avoidance is exercised. Although jurisdictions are split as to the meaning of void in this context, the distinction is largely semantic since the actions required of insurers wishing to dispose of a void or voidable insurance contract are ultimately the same. For example, the California Court of Appeal found fraud sufficient to declare a policy void by stating plaintiff admits 
she knew she was lying to the defendant and did so with the intent that defendant not find out the actual harm. This was a case called Cummings versus Farmers Insurance Exchange, where the woman who claimed to lie, in fact lied to protect herself from a violent son. Regardless, the court concluded that the lie was sufficient under California state law and the law of the United States stated in a case called Claflin versus Commonwealth Insurance Company back in 1884. A fraud and concealment clause in an insurance policy generally voids the policy upon the insured's attempt to deceive the insurer. Deceit may involve false representations to obtain insurance coverage or to obtain benefits after a claimed loss. Misrepresentations in a policy application concerning use of the property was found to be sufficient to declare a policy void in Coca-Cola Bottling versus Columbia, a California Court of Appeal decision. A policy was also declared void when the insured set fire to his property and submitted false claims concerning value of property de destroyed in a case called Singleton versus Hartford Fire. The Ninth Circuit, applying California law, also held with regard to a misrepresentation, concealment, or fraud provision, quote, under such a provision, it is clear that an insurer may void the insurance policy when the insured intentionally submits false claim or lies about the nature of the loss. These cases, which involve only a single loss, show a willingness to impose some forfeiture upon the insured as a necessary consequence of the insured's dishonesty. In a situation where the insured first lied at an examination under oath and then tried to amend his response, the New York Supreme Court Appellate Division held, quote, Plaintiff's attempt to correct the misstatements at his first examination under oath, that he was the true owner of the subject property and used his own funds for its purchase in a correction sheet submitted a year and a half later and at a subsequent examination under oath, were properly rejected by the court as disingenuous. These willful misrepresentations were of a material nature violating the fraud and concealment provision and hence invalidating it. Close quote. The fraud language of the policy was inserted by the drafters of the policy and the statute for the standard fire policy to provide a basis for a successful defense by insurers when an insured willfully conceals information about the insured loss or submits incorrect information in an insurance claim. Even when the fraud language is mandated by statute, courts often appear unwilling to support vigorous enforcement of the clauses, but are forced to do so by precedent and statute. This video was adapted from my book, Zalma on Insurance Claims, Part 103, Second Edition, which is available from Amazon.com or from my website, Zalma.com, by clicking on the link for 
Zalma's Insurance Claim Library. If you found this video to be of interest to you or useful to you or your colleagues, please subscribe to my YouTube channel and I will continue to post these videos.